0: I wish I could blame the equipment, but it's the user. <laughs> um, welcome everyone, I'm Pastor Kyung Park, and on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ and our congregation here, I'd like to welcome you to New Life United Methodist Church, where you will be loved, where you will be challenged, and led by the Holy Spirit to make a difference. It is our mission that you will experience spiritual growth through our ministries, to be strengthened as a disciple of Jesus Christ to make a difference in the world for God's kingdom. Um, Before we begin, I'd just like to make some announcements. Uh, First of all, uh, happy anniversary to Jamie and Adam Cross. I know they're not here, but it's their 17th anniversary. So when you see them, wish them a happy you are right. (laughs) 17 years is a long time. It really is. and then also happy anniversary to Dennis Clark. It's his anniversary. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they, instead of going out for their anniversary, uh, his wife hurt her knee, I think it is, today. So instead of going, uh, they're staying. So keep them in your prayers. Also, um, a happy birthday to Whitney Moore, who I believe just turned 25 again. Happy birthday, Whitney. And you know what? Uh, what? What a trooper. She, you know, celebrated her birthday by hosting us for a movie in the park last night. So thank you very much, Whitney and the Moors. Appreciate it very much. Um, also, my family invites everyone to our monthly Taste of New Life at our home after worship on Saturday, August 19th. So instead of next week, um, we're going to do it the following week. Okay? So please, please come. I'm also very excited to extend an invitation on behalf of our brothers and sisters at Evans United Methodist Church um, for a welcoming church potluck tomorrow at noon. So please come. If you're going to your separate churches, you can invite them to come too. Um, Now Evans will provide the meat. Uh, We're also invited to bring a dish to share or not. But I encourage you, uh, as a part of our uh, ministry, to be eco friendly. And they ask that we all bring our own dinner service or, you know, food service uh, plate, knife, spoon, fork, cups. Am I forgetting anything? A bib, a bib. buffet pants. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's tomorrow at noon. And uh, also, just a reminder, Paper Angel Closet is next Thursday. So um, if you have any questions or would like to contribute or help out, please see Brenda. Uh, She's like, meh, maybe. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, this Tuesday. All right. So, yeah, I encourage you to uh, do ministry there. And then next week, well, actually, yeah, next week, Jeff will be preaching uh, our sermon and leading us in worship, and the movie he's going to use as a springboard is The Wizard of Oz. I can't wait. Why are you guys laughing? You know how much he loves The Wizard of Oz, don't you? Okay. That's cool. There are definitely worse movies out there, right? No, that's a good one. It's so deep and so many layers to that movie, I don't even know where to begin, so I'll let Jeff do it. Okay, so um, which, which leads me to the ne- my next point is that we're starting a new ser- sermon series today called At the Movies. And uh, basically the idea behind it is that with summer winding down and the school year just about to begin, we want to keep things light without watering down the message. So as part of the sermon series, uh, we'll be showing a movie at the park on Friday evening at 8, and then we'll share the related sermon on Saturday in worship. So... Please, I encourage you to invite uh, friends and people you meet. Uh, tell them, never mind Netflix, we have popcorn. <laughs> okay. Now, before we begin with our, um, the, our opening song, or our next song, the praise song, please take a moment to familiarize yourself with our bulletin. Uh, again, you will find, in it, you will find the order of worship, Uh, our prayers done in unison, but most importantly, well not most importantly, very importantly, note the detachable Connect cards on the side of your bulletins. If you're new, this is one of the best ways for us to get you connected and join you as a follower of Christ. And if you're a regular, you too are invited to fill out the Connect card and share any celebrations or prayer requests. And after you fill out the card, you may put it in the offering plate later in the service. Any questions? Okay. Um, right. so let us continue with uh, our call to worship music. Is that later? I'm sorry. No, we already did it. I don't want you to sing it twice unless you guys want to do it twice. It is a good song. It is an excellent song. Sung by an excellent praise man. What, What do you want? Okay, so let's get into the scripture reading. It comes from Joshua chapter one, verse nine, Acts chapter 8, 26 to 31, and Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Now, I will read all of it. But you know what? Uh, I was taught that a worship service centers on God's word that you can actually have a worship service without a sermon, but you can't have a worship service without Scripture being read. Does that make sense? Right? You've got to hear the Word of God. So uh, let me go ahead and read this, and then we'll just leave. <laughs> no. Yay! <laughs> All right. All um, right. Joshua 1.9 is a very simple Scripture. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 31. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. and heard him reading the prophet isaiah he asked do you understand what you are reading and he replied how can i unless someone guides me and he invited philip to get in and sit beside him our last reading is from matthew chapter 14 verses 22 to 33 Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, my sermon today is on discipleship. But before we get to that, I'd like to invite the kids forward. No, you're not being dismissed. Children, would you please come forward? Um, my wife Ann will give a short ch- the children's message. I I could go home right now. <laughs> All right. So um, the movie we saw last night was The Karate Kid. Uh, the, not not the original with uh, Ralph Macho and Pat Morita, but we, you know, yeah, exactly, wax on, wax off, right? Paint the fence. But uh, we saw the one with um, Jaden Smith from 2010, I believe, and it, you know, some people I, I saw, you know, when you read the comment section online, you know, everyone has an opinion and people were like, oh, it's... Not karate; it was kung fu, and they gripe on that. I'm like, you know, it was a good movie. You know, let's just enjoy it, folks. Anyways, um, so this sermon today is really I'm gonna. Well, let me just go with a little background on the movie. Okay, our main protagonist, or the main character, played by Jaden Smith, is twelve-year-old Dre Parker. He moves from Detroit to China. His dad passed away, um, and so he lives with his mom, and she got a job in China. And he meets a girl, but he, gets, he meets a girl in China, and he, but he's bullied by a gang of boys who are taught by their martial arts master to show no mercy. Not only in the martial arts studio, but in life, to show no mercy and to give no quarter. And so today, as I share a few clips, uh, I believe that we can draw some lessons on discipleship from the movie. Now, here's the thing. Even though I'm talking about discipleship, uh, discipleship is a very deep and complex subject that I believe deserves a more in-depth treatment Um, but we won't be able to handle that, you know, in a single sermon. So, instead of looking at, like, a complete painting on discipleship, we'll be doing some light sketching, kind of looking at the general shape and form of discipleship. Just just a couple of thoughts I'd like to share with you. Um, So, now, as a result of the sermon, I'm hoping that this sketch... Discipleship will uh, encourage and inspire you to enter into relationships a bit more intentionally, sharing the love of God in Jesus, but without being high-handed and oppressive. Okay. So let's first look at the scripture from Acts, Acts chapter eight, verses twenty-six to thirty-one. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to highlight a few phrases um what i want to point out is that philip was told by an angel of the lord right an angel of the lord said to philip get up and go toward the south and what was philip's response it says so he got up and went and then in verse 29 it says then the spirit said to philip go Go to this chariot and join it. And then in verse 30 it says, So Philip ran. (laughs) If only it were that easy, right? Now, let's face it. Paper and writing were in pretty short supply when this was written. Uh, So they didn't waste words, you know, or on description. They only kept to the bare bones of stuff everything absolutely essential for the most part that needed to be in there. So, you know, the writer wasn't thinking, was Philip scared? What was his motivation? What was he wearing? You know, what did he have for lunch? It was just the Spirit led Philip, and Philip got up and went. The Spirit said, go, and Philip ran. So the first thing I want to point out about the discipleship Relationship is it's got to be led by the Spirit. Right? We don't lead. We're, we're following the Spirit. We don't tell, but we're called. Okay? So, and that's actually good news because this, that means the Spirit of God is already out there doing something, already present in a situation, present in someone's life, before we ever even arrive. So we can trust that God is at work already. In the Methodist church, we call that prevenient grace. God is ahead of us, cultivating someone's heart, calling people into relationship with God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, Philip got up and went. He ran and it seems like without any hesitation. I don't know about you, but if I were called, and I was actually to, to come and be a pastor in the Methodist church, I wouldn't get up and go. It took me actually 15 years to discern my calling. My pastor who encouraged me was, when I finally enrolled in seminary was like, i would never seen anyone keep God waiting this long. It is true. Um, you know, I had a lot of questions. I didn't understand why I needed to be the one. <laughs> I was like, God, I did XYZ, remember? And PDQ and ABC and A through Z. And I'll throw in some numbers too, Lord. <laughs> I, I don't think I could stand up there and. Preach. Still get nervous every once in a while, right? There's that lightning bolt waiting to hit me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so, but, so I didn't understand what was going on, and I wasn't sure what these trials and struggles in my life were all about, right? Um, I had to go through some things that made me really uncomfortable, I actually were put, was put in situations that I really didn't like. Um, for example, the first church I went to as an adult returning to Jesus Christ was a Korean United Methodist Church. Okay, just to give you a little context, I'm Korean. I, I just thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, I'm from Korea. I don't know what gave it away. Um, But I went to a Korean United Methodist Church where the primary language they spoke, where the prayers and the services were all in Korean. And guess what? I don't speak Korean very well. Uh, I had my martial arts master once tell me, "Kyungsu, don't speak Korean to me. (laughs) Because I was just butchering the language, you know. And uh, so yeah, there's that. And yet, um, I believe that I was called by the Spirit to attend that church somehow. And you know what? The language of love and acceptance spoke louder than their words. There was a a group of young Korean, Korean adults that welcomed me, invited me to join and be a part of their life. Without any expectation or demands, they knew they they knew I was messed up. You know, this was shortly after returning to Christ. I still had long hair. I still smelled like cigarettes and something else wherever I went. Um, and yet, they invited me to share meals with them, to go bowling with them. Uh, they would occasionally explain things to me in English, uh, but for the most part, they just led their lives, but included me. And that was important because I was broken inside, as uh, I shared with you in my testimony last week, I think. And I needed healing. So I couldn't actually give. I couldn't participate beyond just being accepted. And again, that gave me space to heal. That gave me time to heal and grow closer to God. So, but nonetheless, that's just to say that I didn't understand what and why, but looking back, I get it, okay? So in this next clip, what I'd like to show you is Dre training with Mr. Han, of course played by Jackie Chan, I taught him everything I know, um, or I taught him everything he knows, uh, and Jackie Chan, and you're going to see uh, Dre going through um, some training, now he's been doing this training for a long time, it's just been repetitive, so... Let's watch the clip and then I'll share what, how that relates to discipleship. i get it okay be respectful i got it i put my jacket on a thousand times i took it off a thousand times okay this is stupid i'm done they can beat me up if they want to And you know why you only have one student because you don't know kung fu it's okay what Come here. Check it on. Miss Han, I already. Check it on. Check it on. I have a jacket. Jack, get on. strong, check it on, firm, check it off, remember, always strong, check it off, strong, left foot back, right foot back, left foot back jacket Ooh, focus okay. always concentrate left back right foot back pick up the jacket stay pick up your jacket Be strong hanging up hanging up hang up and editing Hang up and edit it to you. Harder. Harder. Good. But no face. Everything we do, Xiao Zhui, it lives in how we put on the jacket, how we take off the jacket. and lives in how we treat people. Everything is Kung Fu. Okay. Well, you know, every the more I see this movie, the more I keep liking it more. So when we talk about this clip, what you saw was the result of Dre's training, which when he first started training, all he was told was to hang up his jacket, put his jacket on, take it off, put it on the floor, pick it up, hang it up, put it on, take it off, put it on the floor, over and over. And he did this, according to the movie, I mean, he did this day in and day out for hours at a time. And that was his training. And he had no idea what it was. So what we saw was him getting frustrated, like, you don't even know Kung Fu. <laughs> Throws a jacket down. And I'm like, whoa. I would never talk that way to my <laughs> Anyways. But that's to say that that's kind of a picture of how sometimes we go through life in our relationship with Christ, right? We may not understand why or wh- what we're going, what we're doing, or why, necessarily. God, why is this happening to me? God, what is this that you're trying to teach me? Now, I, there's a caveat here. I don't want everyone to think. I, I don't want to give the idea that God brings harm to us or trials and tribulations for the sake of. Uh, you know, just so that we'll get stronger, right? Like, I don't think God gives somebody cancer so that they to increase their faith, okay? I believe, just as our doctrine teaches, that we are created with free will. And as a result of our free will, people can choose to do evil or good. And I believe that the evil in the world is a result of sin, not because God created evil for us, okay? But I also believe, the flip side of that is that I believe that God redeems that which was meant for harm and redeems it for good. Okay? That which was meant for evil, God redeems it and uses it for good. So those trials and tribulations that we don't understand, God redeems that. And it turns out that it strengthened us. It it might be. It can be used by God for our relationship with God and for discipleship. You with me? You know in martial arts, you know I used to I, I used to teach Before I went into seminary, I was either going to open up my own uh, Taekwondo school or go into seminary. I went to seminary because I like it better, but I still don't anyways. And I would teach people, and I would get beginners that would come into the school and, you know, we'd do this, you know, sparring, and they would start busting out stuff they saw in movies, right? The most dangerous people to train were not black belts. They were the ranked beginners who didn't have a clue because they would get just hog wild. And it's like, I got to, you know, protect myself without hurting them. And they'd want to learn like spinning kicks, jump spinning kicks, and all sorts of crazy stuff. But you know what? I couldn't teach that to them. And you know why? Their bodies were not ready for it. They didn't even have the strength or the flexibility. I could have taught them, but they would have ended up hurting themselves. Likely hurting someone else. So I had to take them through the paces. You have to learn how to do a squat. You have to learn how to stand like this. (laughs) Learn how to stand at attention so that I can give you instructions without you, you know, wandering off. And what we saw was that those lessons build up over time. And then once they're ingrained in you, they actually just, just start coming out of you through repetition, right? We didn't know what it was for, but when the time comes and God is ready for you, it will come out of you. The point I'm trying to make is that it is up to us to trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit and to be sensitive to that, to trust God. Haven't you ever felt that little nudge like, maybe I should go talk to this person, or maybe I might want to pray right now. Maybe God's asking me not to do this. Not so much that you know it's such a big sin, but maybe this is a good thing. But God's saying, you know what? There's something else that's waiting for me. Now, there's it's it's not a there's no science to it. There's not formula. It's not do this get that. Because it is spirit. It's a mystery. But I do believe that we are able to become more sensitive to God's leading in our lives. The Scripture is full of people who are guided by God. And I don't believe that God is silent today. I believe that God continues to speak to us in many different ways. Through Scripture, through prayer, through community, and through one another. But we can learn to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But we have to trust God. So that was the first point. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Follow God's guidance. And in following the Holy Spirit, let us do it prayerfully. That is so important. If we're not nourishing our souls, the life of Christ within us through prayer, that makes it more difficult to understand what God is trying to tell us, doesn't it? If we're not in communication with God, if we're not praying to God, on a regular basis. How are we going to know for sure, right? How can we be sensitive? It's like picking up an old relationship with someone, right? If it's someone that you're very close to but you haven't spoken to them for a while, well you got to get the catching up bit first before you get to the real meaty stuff. Anyways, the second uh, point I want to make is that uh, this relationship of discipling, okay, in discipleship, I want to highlight that it is a relationship of mutuality. It's not higher or lower in a healthy relationship, right? I know we speak of the master and the student and the teacher and the learner, which kind of presents a hierarchy, right? And we know that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are Jesus' disciples, right? Jesus is the master. We are the disciples or the followers. However, in earthly terms, that usually means some kind of hierarchy. I'm up, you're down. I give the orders and you follow. And that's a very one-way relationship. It's not a lot of fun either, for the most part. Um, But even Jesus Christ, our Master, He says, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He turns things upside down. And He defines that discipling relationship because ultimately, what did He say to His disciples? He said, I no longer call you slaves or servants because I've taught you now I call you friends because you know everything you need to know. You're going to carry on the work. Right? He kind of erased that whole like hierarchy of I'm the master, you're the slaves. You're friends now. We're all equal here. Okay? So if we show this next clip, we'll see another example of kind of this mutual relationship. All right? <sighs> So what we just saw in that clip, uh, let me set that up a little bit, I should have done that before this, but... um, So throughout the movie, uh, Mr. Han has a car in his living room, yes, and they show him uh, while Dre is training, they show him repairing the car. And uh, finally the car is, you know, dents and all are taken out, glasses replaced, it's got a nice new coat of paint, it looks like it's ready to hit the streets. And then just before that scene we just watched, Dre walks in and Mr. Han is smashing it with a sledgehammer after a year. And it turns out it's the, the one-year anniversary of his wife and son dying in a car accident. And he was the one driving. And what you saw was Dre using those, that training tool to draw the master out To bring him, to give him something from himself. Okay? In other words, in that relationship, Dre had something to offer to his teacher. It it was not a one directional, it was not a unidirectional relationship, but it went both ways. Right? And that is so important. When we talk about a life of discipleship. Uh, and we're not just talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ, who calls us friends. But when we want to disciple someone else, it's absolutely important not to be, I'm the teacher, you're the student. Right? I'm a, I'm a learning teacher. And I'm a teaching learner. It's a mutual relationship where it's like a dance. It's a choreography. One time one person leads, one time someone else leads. Ultimately, we're all under the guiding of the Holy Spirit. So in our discipleship, let us remember to go forward humbly, willing to learn as we share what we have with our fellow disciples. So for the first point was that we need to trust in the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Doing it prayerfully. The second point was to have mutuality in our discipleship relationships. Lastly, to go courageously. To go courageously. Confident in the worthiness of God's call. Confident in the worthiness of God's call. so I'm gonna set up this next clip and it's gonna be a short one so Dre ultimately faces off against his uh, tormentors in a martial arts championship and he's won and he's made it all the way to the finals just like in the original Karate Kid right with the whole um, now He has earned their respect because he has defeated all except the one last kid, the biggest bully. Uh, I think his name was Chan. He's earned their respect. They know he can fight. They know that when they met him, he couldn't. So he had to earn that respect. And they saw that, oh, this is not just this little kid we're picking on. There's more to this kid. And yet... In the final rounds, uh, before the fight was over, the biggest bully was told by his master, I want you to break his leg. So he intentionally goes out to try to break his leg. Kicks him right in the thigh, and he's down. And now we find Dre in uh, the medical room in the back. And, you know, Jackie, or Mr. Han, is asking Dre, you don't have to go back out there. And now we'll see why, uh, what the result is of this whole movie, okay? Go ahead and play that last clip, please. Because I'm still scared. No matter what happens tonight, when I leave, I don't want to be scared anymore. Okay. So right before he said, I'm, because I'm scared, Mr. Han said, you've already earned their respect. You don't need to go out and fight, You know, especially with your leg all busted up. You've earned their respect. But Dre says, you know what? I'm going to go back out there. Why? Because I'm scared. And I don't want to leave here still scared. So he was very clear on why he was going forward, right? Even though everyone else thought that he, he, he was done and he could stop, he had not attained his goal yet. His purpose was still concrete in his mind. He knew exactly why he had to go back out there. And because of his firm conviction of why he could fight through pain, And whatever fear of the outcome, because he could still lose, he could face that. But he knew exactly why he had to do it. Win or lose, he did not want to leave there scared again. And you know, in our Gospel reading, where Jesus Christ was walking on the water, and He called Peter out of the boat in the middle of a storm. You know, Jesus is calling us again today too. But Jesus stands in places where the danger is real. The waves are whipping and the wind is blowing. I mean, seriously, when was the last time Jesus called you to raid the freezer for ice cream? Right? Well, that's, you know, Jesus... Jesus is standing where there's real danger, right? It's not just a walk through the park. Not that that Jesus doesn't call us to joy and celebration, but in the mission, in in the dangerous, scary places in the world, Jesus stands and calls the disciples forward. But the thing is, we too can calm our fears calm our fears, when we know who is standing ahead of us and calling us. When we know why we are doing what we do. We must have a mission that is worthy of our lives, of our effort and our energy. And when we can be clear about our reasons, when we know our highest priorities, we're able to make better decisions that align with those priorities and for Christians for disciples of Jesus Christ who are are followers of the way our purpose is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in word and deed to all corners of this planet all corners of our communities in every neighborhood in Winnebago County. Why? Jesus saves. That's the gospel in two words. Jesus saves. We can take heart in God's presence when we go to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So let us go prayerfully, trusting the Holy Spirit to lead us. Let us go humbly as teaching learners and learning teachers in discipleship. And let us go courageously, confident in the worthiness of God's call in our lives to help us persevere to the end when Jesus Christ will return in final victory. Will you all join me in the responsive prayer, please? Search our hearts, Lord. Uproot the tendrils of fear that keep us from following your Holy Spirit. Plant the seeds of courage, love, and grace in us. Help us branch out, connected to the vine of your Son, Jesus. We want to have hearts, minds, and bodies that are sensitive to your gentle encouragement and guidance so that we may bear the fruit of discipleship. Amen.